Amen. I want you to read the scripture in Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 16. That's the basis of our discussion today about being simple. So the title of the sermon is Simplicity, Better Simple. Okay, everybody say better. Simple. Come on. Let's do it again. Better. Simple. So Mark 10, verse 13 to 16. And they were bringing children to Jesus, that Jesus might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. That's so mean. Right? But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. You know what that word indignant means? You know what that means, right? He was mad. He was not himself, so to speak, you know. Then he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For such belongs the kingdom of God. For such belongs to the kingdom of God. In fact, he went on further. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms, and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. Jesus loved the little children. Y'all heard that song before, yes? Children of the world. You know, different colors and this sort of thing. But you know, what are the characters of children? Children, they're very curious. Have you ever seen a child-child before? They're very curious. And you know, they're so curious sometimes to their own, the detrimental or their own safety. You know, they touch things they shouldn't touch, you know. They, they do things they shouldn't do, you know. But they're always very curious to find out things because life is so new to them. Everything is so new to them. I still love to look at the baby pictures of my kids. You know, I remember, it helps me to remember the time when they were so young. Everything was such a curiosity to them. And they're just learning things, like looking at things all the time, you know, learning and absorbing. It's like one of the greatest things just to observe little children. They're very curious. But as you grow older, your curiosity kind of died off. You lost your curiosity. But you know, to enter into the kingdom of God, to actually enjoy the kingdom of God, you need curiosity. You always need to go, oh, I just want to know more about Jesus. I want to know more. I just want to know him more. I want to, you know, just curious all the time. Another characteristic of a child is that they own nothing. You see, us adults, as we grow older, we possess things. The older you get, the more you possess. And as you possess things, you get more worried. So, for example, if you have a brand new car, you know, so what you do is you own the car, you pay for it, but, you know, it's brand spanking new, right? It's very polished, it's very shiny. What do you have to do? Winter time like that, you probably want to take a bus because you don't want to use the car. You're worried about people who might scratch your car, stones and rocks and salt and whatever. And then when you go to a parking mall, you know, instead of parking in the closest space that you don't have to walk that much, you park the furthest away. Why? Because you don't want people to touch your car. You don't want people to ding your car. So you suffer a little bit more. Now you possess things. Now you own things. You're worried about it. You want to protect it. But a child owns nothing. Everything goes. Everything is given to them. They're just free as a bird. They don't have to worry about their car being ding, you know. They don't have to worry about their house being burned down. And they don't have to worry about anything. They just own nothing. You know, as a believer, God had taught us to live in a life that we surrender. Everybody surrender. 
Surrender everything to Him. It's not just words, you see. We spoke about that a few weeks ago. Don't just use words when you come to God. Don't say, oh God, I love you, I give you everything. That's just words. You have to follow up with some tangible action. God, I'm going to commit it to you. What does that mean? That means that you're going to trust Him, not going to worry about it. That means that you're going to share the profit with Him. Hello. But you owe nothing. When you, when you absolutely surrender everything to the Lord, He'll take care of things for you. But if you try to own more, you know, as we grow older, we own more, the more trouble we have, you know, more stress we have. You know, children are innocent too. They're very innocent. I love children. I love my kids. You know, when they were younger, now it's harder. When they were younger, you know, it's so easy to play tricks on them, you know. I used to do this, you know, you know this little thumb thing, right? You know how many of you know the thumb thing? Just, I remember, you know, I, I said it a few times. Some of you have been here for a while. You've seen, you heard me say that story. You know, how, how the thumb thing, you know, you just pretend your thumb to be broken. You pull your thumb away. And I just love it. You know, when Kristen was just a little child, you know, I did it. She's like, oh, right? It was so fun, you know. And then when she got older, you know, she knew the trick, you know, it was no fun in mind. And Matthew was growing up. I was trying on Matthew. He's like, oh, he was like so innocent. It was so awesome. Such is the kingdom of God. That innocence. But some of you are sitting there saying, Pastor, I've been through a lot in my life. I have lost my innocence. If you are the individual today and you want to go back to that place of innocence because it's sweet. It's a place where you enjoy everything about the kingdom of God. All those complexity, all those stuff in your life, you just, you wish you can undo them. But you've been told it's too late. Friends, I want to tell you that God had made a provision for you already. Listen, that you can enter into that place of innocence again. With your conscience free, guilt free, condemnation free. It's not because of what you've done, but because of what He done for you. And from this day onward, you need to keep walking in it. See, the devil will come and speak words of condemnation and guilt to you. Because of all the things that you've done, you are so ashamed. You cannot walk as tall as a head, as tall as when you were a child. You see, little child, they never walk like that. Little child, they go, oh, I'm so ashamed. Little child, they got nothing in them. Do you realize that God had promised that he had forgotten all your past? Sitting here today. I want to tell you, whatever you've done yesterday, from yesterday onwards to the day that you've lost your innocence, Jesus can wipe them all away, and you can start again as innocent as when you are a baby. If you want that today, I want to encourage you to open your heart. You say, Pastor, is it true? It is true. I have seen people that have gone through a lot of rough time. Criminals even went to prisons, but you know, they act like nothing had happened. You know why? Because God had washed away all the guilt and shame. You can come to that place of innocence today. Not with religiosity, not with money. You can earn it with your action, with your word, with your money. You can just freely receive it. You say, does that mean that I can go back to, to, to the dirt again? If you want to go back to the dirt, you're going to have to face the consequences of the dirt. 
Yes, He will forgive you, but you're going to have to pay for the consequences. He paid for your sin so that you can now be free of condemnation. But a lot of people don't understand. They thought, oh, I, I can just have a license to sin. And then they get into the dirt and they got themselves all yucky again to lose the innocent again. Why would you want to do that? You know, say the doctor can always patch you up if you cut yourself. Would you keep cutting yourself? That's foolish. Right? Another characteristic of a child is they're happy. They're always very happy. You know, I mean, some of you say, no, not, not when they poo-poo or hungry or whatever. But, you know, uh, all things being equal, right? Have food, well-fed, clean, you know, little baby. I'm not talking about kids with tantrum, okay? That's a different story, right? I'm talking about child just, just, just happy. And God wants to give you that joy, the joy of babies, the joy of little child. No worries, free of worries. And there are many reasons, but I'm going to tell you the last one, which is the one that I'm going to focus on. There is a simplicity in a child. A child is simple. Simplicity is one of the greatest characteristics of a child. And therefore, simplicity is what is necessary to enter in the kingdom of God. Jesus had a very profound statement. He said, whoever does not receive, or you can say does not accept, or does not partake the kingdom of God like a child, he shall not enter it or enjoy the benefits of the kingdom of God. You know, a lot of people think the kingdom of God is after you die. You know, many, many religions, they promise after you die, you have this, have that, you know. You know, I always make fun of seven virgin, you know. It's true, a lot of religion order offer afterlife promises, but you can never come back and claim refund if it ain't true. So they can offer all kinds of promises all you want, and, and people just believe them and take them as is. But you know, the faith that we have, our eternal life does not start when we die. Our eternal life starts the moment you give your life to Jesus. That's when the moment you enter into the kingdom of God. And yet many Christians cannot enter into the kingdom of God, cannot realize the benefits of the kingdom of God, the joy, the peace, the security, the assurance, the provision, the miracles. Every benefit and blessing of God has been given to them, and yet they can't enjoy it. It's like a person, you know, give them a bank card that's full of million dollars, but they don't have the passcode. They have the bank card. They don't have the passcode. They can't access the benefits. Perhaps it's because we have gotten too complicated in our faith. We'll get to that later on. So in other words, simplicity is a very necessary ingredient and requirement to access the riches of God's blessing in His kingdom. You know, human, we tend to be very complicated. We make things complicated. And when it comes to our faith, Christian, listen to this. I hope you're not going to be offended. We often tend to make our faith more complicated than necessary. You know, I heard a preacher say one time, he said, when there's no power in our faith walk, we tend to often make our faith complex, our theology complicated. You know how people always make the theology complicated, you know? Why? Because there's no power to be demonstrated. Listen to me. Deep revelation. I know you like it. 
I like you too, but deep revelation in and of itself does not necessarily yield great results or fruits for one's life. I've seen many people, they'll come to me, oh, pastor, I have this revelation, that revelation, I learned this and learned that, but their life is still as bad as before. There's no fruit of the Spirit being, being, being demonstrated. There's no, there's, no, there's no results, you know, they're still as angry and emotional and selfish and self-centered as they ever were. So what with all the revelation? I've seen many Christians, you know, going from conferences to conferences and conferences. They're as tired, exhausted, confused, and burdensome as anybody else. They feel that they face the same headache, heartache, and confusion, and uncertainty like the rest of the world. So what do you have all this revelation? Big deal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, 8, 1b, this is what the Word of God says. Knowledge puffs up. It makes them so proud. They can't even get the grace of God because the Word of God says that He gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. And they, all, they, all, they go all over the world just to acquire knowledge, to have them deep revelation and make them proud. They can't submit to a pastor. They can't submit to anything. They don't, they don't like obedience. They don't submit to the Word of God. They just, they're just so proud in their heart. They think they know everything. Nobody can speak into their lives. And they wonder why they're not experiencing the benefits in the kingdom of God. Because God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. And sometimes knowledge puffs up, make us think we're better than somebody else. We're more knowledgeable. Oh, I have more revelation than you. Really? How is that working, for, working out for you in your life? Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 18. For in much, this is the word of God. I didn't come up with this, okay? For in, much for in much wisdom is what? Come on, let's say it together. Much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases what? <laughs> and that's why children have no sorrow. They say ignorance is bliss. There's some truth to it, actually. Ecclesiastes, chapter 7, verse 29, the Jerusalem Bible, says, God... Chapter 7, verse 29. God made man what? Come on, let's say it again. God made man simple. What does man do? Man's complex problems are his own devising. God made us to be simple. And with our own, all our device and all our thing, we make it complicated. Mark 5, verse 37. This is for you who have deep theological, you know, knowledge. Jesus said, this is how you have to treat your faith. Let what you say simply be what? Simply be what? Simply be what? Yes or no? Oh, you know, the Bible didn't mean this, didn't mean that. You know, let me, you know, it's so complicated. It's just yes or no. Anything much more than that comes from what? Ugh. What? When we are making our faith more complex than it's necessary, and Jesus says, we are not able to enter into the kingdom of God. So is it possible? Let's think about this. Is it possible that many of us 
I like, I still like the world. We may have a, a, a brand called Christian. We call ourselves a Christian with a little fish in our, you know, or, you know, at the back of our car, you know, identify with ourselves as Christian, but we still cut people off. We still get mad, cuss, whatever, right? Hey, listen, man, if you want to cut people off, please don't put those Jesus fish back there. This is not good for the kingdom, okay? I know you're very enthusiastic, but you know, unless, you know, anyways. But you know, so, so is it possible that many of us are not experiencing the many great benefits of the kingdom of God? It's because our faith and our lives are more complex than what a child could handle. And therefore, we cannot see the simplicity of the truth in the Bible. This is the deception. We all feel some kind of progress when we learn something, whether it's secular or whether it's biblical. So many Christians is under the impression that they're actually growing when they have more revelation, when their life is as confused, as broke, like everybody else. They have nothing better to demonstrate the grace and the goodness of God than the world that is around them. So what you have all this amazing knowledge and revelation. See, we Christians love, now we, we, we love new revelation because it makes us feel like we're progressing when the truth of the man is we're not progressing. Our life is in stalemate. We look around last year. What have we done? How far have we gone? Nowhere. We may have no knowledge. So what? Knowledge in of itself is not applied properly and it cannot be if it's too complicated. Growth is not knowing more, but it's knowing the truth that you set with you free, that you apply to it to find greater freedom in your life, that you have more power to life. It's not your imagination because when you do pray for people, they do actually get healed. When you pray for provision, it actually happens. When you pray for open doors, it does open for you. It's not some theology that you've, you've, you've conjured up to explain why God is not answering your prayer. Unfortunately, many believers are spending thousands of dollars every year going to conferences for more revelation, yet their lives are troublesome and depressing as the next person. Do you know conferences are multi-billion dollars industry that feed into the deception that you're actually growing when you have new revelation? Do you know that in North America... We are the most, we are the generation, we are the people that receive the most revelation than anywhere in the world. Yes? We get the most amazing ideas about Bible than anywhere in the world. And yet, the churches in North America are not growing. Hmm. The people are struggling as much as they were. But yet, you know, we had a sister on Friday. She's from Nigeria. She's like, oh, pastor, you know, in Nigeria, we, we don't feel like this kind of stress in our lives. This is so complicated. We can't serve God. It's always have a burden on us. You know, she's complaining. And yet we have all this revelation. And yet churches, lives are being changed. People are getting saved left, right, and center without all this deep revelation. 
I remember one time a missionary from China said to me, you know, they were like getting people saved by the thousand in different villages every day. He said one of the things that upset him the most is when the Chinese government start opening the door, allowing missionaries and all those so-called preachers come into China and bring their own theology, bring their own denomination, bring their own ideas and start dividing church. The church in China, he said, used to be just one, the persecuted ones. But now there's freedom, there's a bit of freedom. So people, you know, all the different denominations with different ideas and teachings start to bring their ideas their revelation. And so it started to confuse the church. Now there's more division than ever before in the churches in China. That's Dennis Welcome, right? He said that. Not only do we have complicated theology. You know, by the way, some people tell me, Pastor, what do you think Paul what do you what do you think Paul means? When he says to Timothy, study yourself to show yourself approved. Um, uh, workmen need not to be ashamed for dividing the word of God. Do you remember he said that? So how do you square that? I did not say knowledge itself is useless. But I said not all knowledge are useful if you don't apply them. Don't seek for new revelation if you haven't even applied the last revelation in your life. And besides that, Paul was speaking to a minister who was supposed to divide the Word of God. It's like telling an engineer, you really need to get an engineering degree and be certified by the government before you start building any bridges. But if you're an engineer, you don't really care, about, care much about how, how the medical system works, you know, how, 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 how to cure somebody with some disease and ailment. That's not your field. So we get all this revelation that is irrelevant to our walk with the Lord. Great revelation. And some of those revelations, so-called revelation, I call them the Reader's Digest revelation. Have you know Reader's Digest revelation? You know Reader's Digest? You get all this amazing information. Most of them are pretty useless. They're for entertaining purposes. There's this guy in... Um, in a sitcom in the 80s that I, I used to watch, I'm sorry, you know, yeah, I do watch that. It's called Cheers. And they all met in the bar, you know. And, um, and so there's this guy called Cliff. And uh, he's a uh, postman. He delivered mail for the, for the post office, you know. But he seems to know everything. All those little factoids, some of them might not even be true. Every incident, everything that happened, he has an answer, useless answer. For example, for example, if the, 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 the weather is cold out there, you know, somebody walking in the bar and they say, oh man, it's so cold out there. And he'll say, well, you know, the government of the United States in, the, in some bunker somewhere in Arizona that they have this machine that control all the weathers in the world. Really? Number one, is it really that useful? And number two, is it even that true? It sounds entertaining. So a lot of the so-called revelation we have in the church are this digest kind of revelation. Pretty useless. If you want to seek revelation, seek revelation that you can apply and you can bring transformation. And then when you look back, you go, I see the difference. I get more faith, more favor. I'm able to overcome more sorrow, more persecution, you know. Unable to stand up. I'm less inclining to the things of the world, but more things of God, you know. So revelation is important, but revelation in of itself is not. Now let's talk about life in general. I want to encourage you as a child to simplify your life. Now I'm looking at the, the year 2020. You say, well, pastor, it's kind of early. 
Well, it's really not that early because it's happening in six weeks. Did you realize that? In six weeks, it's 2020. Now, don't get started when 2020 to change your life. That, be, that, that won't be a good start. You know, everybody, you know, have resolution, whatever, and then in, in January 1st, they start to have fast and whatever. If you want to prepare for 2020, start now. Then you have a great start. Yes, that's why I don't like to go to gym in January and February because they're the busiest time. Everybody have made a resolution or something, and so they jam up the gym. But by March, you know, things start to taper off every single year. And by May, everything is great, you know. But if you want to change something, change now. Don't wait till the new year, right? Do something, change. But what I want to encourage you is that when you look at year 2020, if you ever want to go into the place of rest, simplify your life, unclutter your life, and unclutter, unclutter your walk with God. You know, um, uh, uh, simplicity in your own life, brings clarity. Brings clarity of the voice of God. Bring clarity of your own purpose and calling. Bring clarity to the reason of your hope. Because the opposite, when your life is cluttered and complex and complicated, it's confusing, it's uncertain, it's frustrating, and you can get a heart attack. It's stressful. Simplicity brings rest. And this church is all about rest. But the opposite does not bring rest. It brings heartache. There is every, the, the, the voice of the world, there are so many thousands of voices in the world trying to get us out of rest by convincing us we need to be more complicated in different things. You know, you can, you can have a nice flat screen TV, but it's not good enough because by this end of the year, the sale is on for a curved TV. So what, you want to go spend money on it? Do you really need it? No. Some people don't even have the money. And what, guess what? They put themselves in debt and get themselves all twisted. January come, they say, right, Pastor, I can't tithe. I have no money. Why? They buy things on Black Friday, which is coming. When is that? In two weeks. Ooh, you even know. Good for you. Black Friday. And then Boxing Day. Yeah. But I want to encourage you, don't buy things that you don't need. Simplify your life. Unclutter it. I'll tell you, your next year life will be sweet. You will be able to enjoy life much better with, as opposed to all the clutters. You know, I've been to some homes. I tell you, I've visited some homes. I've visit, visited many homes. And, and don't let that not be the reason why you don't want to invite me to your home. But I've visited many homes. And I'll tell you, some of the people, they got boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff from years ago they never touched and they still possessed it. And they got technology that's from like, I don't know, Stone Age. They're still hanging on to it. I want to encourage you to uncomplicate your life and unclutter your soul. Simplicity always being, get, you, if you walk in a life of simplicity, you will always get distracted by little things, especially those things that are blink, blink type stuff of things. 
you know, phones and this sort of thing. Get distracted. Don't get distracted by little unimportant things and don't need to buy every new gadget. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I think we are living in a society that is compelling us to buy all the new gadgets all the time. Guess who is the one to get all the benefits? Not you. The manufacturer. They report more profits. That's why they invent more stuff for you to have the things, the more stuff that you need that what well, you don't need. That want to entice you to buy. There's um there's a statement that that I heard this week about leadership. It says that you can never do big things if you always get distracted by small things. Many of us are cluttered with small things in our lives. If you are cluttered with small things in your life, you'll never be able to do big things. If you simplify and get rid of, you know, year 2020, I want to encourage you to just look for things that you don't need to do. You know, instead of a to-do list, how about having to-not-do list? Hey, get a to-not-do list to simplify your life. You know, the, if the truth be known, simple thing for one may be a very stressful thing for another. I want to say this because sometimes the reason we get ourselves into complexities and complicating our lives is because we're trying to compare ourselves with others or compete with them. You see, let me give you an example. If, see, I am horrible at math. Asian, right? Can you believe that? I'm horrible at math. I look at math, I feel dizzy, right? It's just, it's just, it's not, we're not, we're not friends. But I didn't realize that because everybody said to me, are you Asian? You should be good at math. And guess what I did? I went to university. I took the hardest course of math and I failed miserably. But it's, it's, it's okay for, you know, in the class, I was sitting in the class, most of the guys, they're so smart to get things. I, I remember first, first, first time I sat in that class, I look around, I wanted to see if people are as confused as I was. And obviously, I was the only one that was as confused. Everybody seemed to be like, okay, okay, they understood it. I go, what, what just happened? They're not even speaking English here. So I try to compare. I've been told by my culture I'm supposed to be good at this, be good at this. So I, I get my life was complicated. But you know, public speaking is, is my joy. I just like to yap away like a bird, nonstop. Just talk, 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 talk. I can talk in public, enjoy public speaking, you know. But for, for my wife, it scares her to death. She, she feels like vomiting when she has to come and speak. So if she tried to compare my, herself to me or, or try to, 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 to listen to people telling me, oh, you're a pastor's wife, you need to get up there and speak, then she's going to complicate her life unnecessary. Are you here this morning? I want to encourage you to know what your lane is, what you're called to do, and stay in that lane and be comfortable, be at rest, and be simple, be simple uncomplicated. Don't be envious of, you know, uh, someone else's lane, someone else's su success, or hey, someone else's possession. Let 
Don't be envious or try to attain another's ability and talent. If in doing so, bring lots of stress. You know, one reason, I believe there are many reasons, but there are a few reasons I'm going to share with you why we make our life complicated. Number one is in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Take heed and beware of all covetousness, for a man's life, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. Are you telling me to sell everything? No, I'm telling you not to get hooked on something that you don't need. Another reason why people get into all complicated lifestyle is because we try to fit in. We're seeking approval from others. We're acquiring things or even knowledge we don't need so that we can impress people we don't like. I mean, we're supposed to love everybody, right? But we don't need to like them, do we? I'm just joking. You didn't get that. Let me tell you this. If you truly understand how much God has approved of you, He loves you and He thinks the world of you, if you truly understand it and get that revelation, you don't need to strive to get anybody's approval. You should be as happy if you are a janitor or a CEO. Stay in your lane and stay in the face of God. I guarantee you, your life will be absolutely fulfilled. You know, we confuse. One of the, th the third reason is we confuse activities and complexities with progress. Every time there is complexity, we think we are progressing. You're not progressing. Complexity in of itself doesn't bring progress. Activities in of itself does not bring progress. Don't confuse that. We always thought, oh, it's so complicated. That's why we, you know, we, we're probably going somewhere. We're not going anywhere. It's like getting on a rocket ship and just going circles, right? Going nowhere. Yeah, a rocket ship is very complicated. So what? You're not going anywhere. <clears throat> As I said, we're coming to the end of the year. I believe the key to 2020, the key to clarity, is to unclutter and uncomplicate our life. Friends, do you know that the gospel is very simple? It's very easy. Why are we making it so complicated? The gospel was this, Jesus loves you. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself came and died on a cross for you. And that's it. All you have to do is receive Him. Walk in the victory. Now, you know, there are, there are some of us are called to minister, called to, 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 uh, to, uh, to, to do great things for the Lord. You need to be trained. You cannot just go on like an engineer. Like I said, if you're an engineer, engineer, you need to be trained properly to be an engineer. Don't say, well, you know, Pastor Paul said, I don't need any knowledge. I can just imagine some of the kids will go home and tell the parents, you know, I actually don't need any knowledge. I need my life to be simple, so I'm not going to go to school. Well, I didn't say that. Your parents had the authority to smack you in the head if you tell them that. What I'm asking you is to uncomplicate your life. I'm encouraging myself to uncomplicate my life. Because it is the place where you get rest and clarity. Ask yourself this question today. What is it in your life right now that brings you headache? What 
is it in your life that caused you not able to rest? And I want you to remember the time when we were younger, you were happier. That when you didn't have that much. And I want you to compare that to the life that you have now. I want to tell you this. Jesus' calling is calling to simplicity. To be simple. To walk in humility and simplicity. That's when you find amazing joy. So this Christmas, if your Christmas is, I know some of you have complicated Christmas. You got to have gift exchange. You got to, you got to, it's so complicated. Be bold enough to say, hey, I, I want to uncomplicate my life this year. Let's not just do gifts anymore. Let's just visit each other. I mean, who needs another box, right? Uncomplicated. I know it's, it's, it's just it's just so hard. It's so counter our culture. I pray the Holy Spirit this morning will convince you to take something out of your life that has been such a burden to you. I'm going to close with this story and then we, we're, going to, we're going to close. I had a period of my life that was very complicated. That was when I was in, the, in my first year university. So in my first year university, I discovered new freedom. Being that nobody will tell me, can tell me when to go to class and when not to go to class. Some of you have been to university, right? It was like a newfound freedom. It's amazing. And if you've never gone to class, nobody would know. And I figure myself, you know, I'm smart enough. Not. And so, you know, I'll be able to make it. You know, I usually study the last minute in high school anyways, right? And so, you know, I just say, okay, I've studied last minute. Well, anyways, my life was really complicated because I have all this free time. So what, I, what did I do? I got myself a girlfriend. And it wasn't Juana. And this girlfriend sucked every energy and dollar out of my pocket that I didn't even have. I mean, this girl, she was beautiful. She knew she was beautiful and she was milking her beauty. So I had to drive her. I didn't even drive my mom that much. I had to drive her around. I was thinking to myself, poor mom, you know, I didn't even treat her that well. And then, and then, you know, I, you know so anyways, this, this girl was expensive to keep. And I was, I was in debt just trying to keep her around. And then I had a job because I had an expensive lifestyle, i.e. a girlfriend. And plus, I have to support my brand new car. I mean, I, I got myself a car. I figured everybody who goes to university should have a car. So I got myself a car, and my car wasn't that great, you know. And be, in fact, it was pretty horrible because the car was less expensive than the insurance itself. And so, you know, I got a car, you know. And then I was part-time pastoring a youth group in some Pentecostal church and then school. And my life was a disaster. I was not living in peace. I was struggling all the time. You know, I get bad marks all the time. I couldn't concentrate, couldn't sleep, you know. There's no rest. At the end of the year, the report card was sent to my home telling me how horrible of a student I was. And I said to the Lord, I repent. And so the first thing I did was to get rid of this relationship. And uh, I said to her, you know, and this is what Christians use. If you want to break up with somebody, you can use this line. You know, this is what we use. If it is the Lord's will, ouch, we'll get back together. 
<laughs> you want to lay them down easy. <laughs> oh, she was crying. Oh, please, no. I said, you know, I just can't do this anymore. If there's a Lord's will, I know we're going to get back together. Don't you want to be in the Lord's will, you know? Oh, man. I quit my regular job. You know, I was working uh, for a company called System 5 Consultant. I was a, a, a Unix consultant, and, and it was taking a lot of my time. So I quit the job. I took a job with, uh, with the University of Toronto, and, and they gave me an office, which is awesome because I don't have to sh go to the library and share spaces with, with the commoner. You know, I have my own office to study. You know, praise God. And I cut down a lot of activities. And I uncomplicated my life. You know, just getting rid of that girlfriend felt like I had a hundred pounds taken away from me. You know, it's like, whoo, praise the Lord. I can pray now, you know. I can worship God without thinking about money and, and you know, whatever, right? I want to tell you this. It was such a breath of fresh air for me as I began to unload stuff. It was great. It was the beginning of my journey in my faith walk to become stronger and stronger and stronger. I am the way I am today is because I started to have a life of, to have an uncluttered life. And consequently in my home, if you come to my house, I am a, they call it OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm very obsessive in getting rid of boxes and things that we don't use. They say this, if there's anything in your house, in your basement that you haven't looked at for two years, it's most likely you'll never need it. Most likely. Sometimes you might because I have experienced that. And so what do I do? I will, is my wife here? So what I do is I will sneak down to the basement and get rid of all the stuff. Ten years later, she still didn't even know it was God. Well, don't do that. You, can, you know, your wife might divorce you. But, you know, well, we, we did have a fight on that. And so I become more sensitive. I ask her, you know, honey, do you need this? Do you really need it? You don't, you don't need this. We have textbook. We have university textbook that is so outdated. You know, if you have science book, right? Even the, the, the chart, the chemical, what do you call it? Periodical table. It's not even updated anymore. The, the, the periodic table we used 30 years ago, it's useless today. They discover more chemical compounds. And yet we kept those books for sentimental value. Come on! We need to uncomplicate our life. Unclutter your life. Would you stand with me this morning?